Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic, and just a few housekeeping notes before we hop right into today's episode. I would greatly appreciate it if you hit the follow button and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on. You're already listening to this, so it will legitimately take 10 seconds to hit the follow button if you aren't already following, and give us a five-star review if you haven't already done so. Doing those two things greatly helps us in reaching new listeners, and another thing you can do is sharing with a friend or two or share on social media and if you share make sure to tag me so I can see doing all those things helps us to reach new people and hopefully through reaching them we can inspire them in the process so today my guest is the one and only Aaliyah Miller to my knowledge this is her first podcast she's ever done and she absolutely knocked it out of the park it was so fun having a conversation with her and this podcast was a very very fun one for those who aren't familiar just in her high school years this will blow you away. She ran 202 in the 800 meters, represented Team USA with a silver at the IAAF World U20 Championships. And I thought this was unbelievable. She talked about this in the podcast, but her senior year in high school, I believe she won the 400 meter, 800 meter and 1600 meter at her state meet her senior year. So just ridiculous. Uh, Aaliyah is so talented, so hardworking and has accomplished incredible things in her career. She went on to win the 2021 NCAA Indoor 800 middle title and a meet record of two flat 0.69 and became a six-time school record holder at Baylor. Just this past year, Aaliyah signed with On Running and Team Boss based out of Colorado. Uh, needless to say, Aaliyah is extremely accomplished and a super fun individual to talk to. This conversation was so fun to peel back the curtain on her story, hear about all the behind the scenes, all the journey, all the ups and downs, and kind of deconstruct her career. So with all that being said, uh, I guess we can just hop right into it. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. And yeah, without further ado, enjoy my conversation with the one and only Aaliyah Miller. Aaliyah, welcome to the Running Effect podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. So for those that don't know, you're currently on training camp in Arizona. How is that going so far? It's been really nice to get to come back to sea level and see a little bit of sun or workout this morning was not very much that it was raining and a little cold but it was good to get the work done awesome love the mindset so uh you you grew up in dallas i believe and then you went to baylor for school so i guess at this point you're accustomed to the warm weather yes it was i guess i've been in texas my entire life so even moving to colorado like that was a total cultural and weather switch and i get jokes all the time about all the snow i'm gonna have to deal with so yeah just you know nice little change so within the running community i feel like it's always hotly debated what's the ideal running weather so let's say you have a hot track workout on on like i don't know a specific day and you're looking forward to it if you could choose the weather what would the ideal weather for that track workout be i love the heat i think also being in texas and running summer track um beginning in the beginning i just just love running when it's hot and then no wind. I feel like that's like the simple answer for a middle distance runner, hot and no wind. Totally. So uh, I'm curious, you moved to Boulder, at least that's where Team Boss is located, your team that you run for, which we'll get into in a couple of minutes. Um, Have you ever experienced snow before moving to Colorado? And what's, what's the experience with like the colder weather? How's your body interacted with it so far? Yeah, I feel like I kind of escaped a little bit since I I 
haven't been back to Colorado since before Christmas. And so I know I've, I've missed a couple of storms, but I think the biggest difference is just running at the altitude. And then also when it's cold, it feels like harder too. So it's not, that's something I haven't been able to like train at before, but it is a good change for right. sure. For sure. Um, and then uh, I, we're far past Christmas. We're recording this on the 16th of January, <laughs> and it'll come come out uh, much later than that. So um, maybe irrelevant now, but I guess I'll ask you anyways. You, you mentioned Christmas. So in my mind, I'm thinking Christmas. Uh, how was your mm-hmm. Christmas, and what is your favorite part of the Christmas slash holiday season? Are you like a big Christmas music person? Are you like, heck no, I don't listen? Are you like like Christmas cookies? What's your overall opinions on the Christmas season? I love Christmas. I think Christmas is such a nice time for me just to be around family. And especially with me moving away for the first time, it's been really nice to just soak up all those moments. Um, my favorite Christmas song is Carol of the Bells. It's really funny, Classic. but my brother might have two older brothers and one of them sang it in his high school choir. So I like, I have that from like decades ago, not to toot on my brother being <laughs> so a little a bit older than me, but yeah, that's my favorite song. But yeah, I just love it because it's just like that nice quality family time that I get to have before, you know, the spring starts happening and once track season rolls around because I know I'm just not going to see them as often. Right. So it's a good like reset before we got to get serious. For sure. So I'm very curious to hear what was it like growing up with two older brothers? Uh, since I, I would say like one of them, I vaguely remember being in the house before like he went to college but it's always been nice just to have somebody who like understands my parents and then would help give us like tips on like hey i did that that didn't really work or just like <laughs> you need to listen to them like don't do what i did so just from like an advice perspective it's been really like helpful and then it's also on the flip side like seeing them married and having um my nephews it's just like so sweet just to you know, see the family grow. Right. Um, I have a little niece who she turns one year next year, or not next year, she turns one year next month. This shows how new I am to the mm-hmm. uncle game. I can't even properly think <laughs> through her birthday. But it's so fun, like, seeing new life and, and people grow up. I'm assuming that you're the youngest in your family then? No, I have a younger sister. Okay, okay. Well, I'm the youngest in my family, so I never got to experience, like, growing up with a younger sibling. So seeing um, mm-hmm. her name's Magdalena grow up is so fun because, like, I've never experienced it before. And also it's it's fun seeing my parents, like, spoil her so much. Like, as a grandkid, it's yeah. really funny. So. Yeah, it's definitely different, especially, like, seeing my parents just be a little bit more of a pushover. But it's also <laughs> different because now they're, they're the grandparents. So it's, right. like, the whole, like, delegating responsibilities is kind of off them now. Right. Totally. So it's funny to see them transition into that role too. Your other family members, like were they into sports and how did they influence you getting into the sport of running? Yeah, I would say like my two of the brothers, they were in baseball as I can remember in high school and my mom played softball and she wanted me to play so bad, but like I knew that wasn't for me getting hit for with a big ball and <laughs> my hand-eye coordination is terrible. Um, but I played soccer until I got to high school and was like occasionally running through there. But I feel like it's been really nice um, when I got introduced to it when I was younger through like summer track with TAF and AU and USATF because even in that world, like I gained a whole different and bigger family because, you know, we're out here just traveling all around Texas or the U.S. for big meets. And that was kind of my introduction to track, but also just something that was a family outside of my own like 
immediate family. So that was really nice. And I feel like that definitely had a significant role on deciding where I was going to go to school because I knew I wanted to stay close and stay in Texas. And I feel like I lived all of that Texas living out um, my six years at Baylor. And I just knew it was time for a change. And, you know, team boss and on came along and it was just seemed like the perfect opportunity for me. So I'm curious, at what point in your running career did you realize that like, hey, I'm, I'm pretty darn good at this and I could do something special in this sport? Because I, I feel like a lot of people, they start track and field or, or cross country or just, I call it running. I group it all under running. They start running and yeah. um, they're like, okay, this is something I enjoy. And then they do it and then they do it. And then there always comes a point where they're like, okay, this isn't just something I enjoy. This is something I can be really good at. So what was that moment for you? I always like try to pinpoint like something specific when I was first running, but I feel like the way I was introduced to running, it was never full of pressure. I never did anything that I didn't want to do. There was like, are you sure you want to do this? Yes. And I listened to my coaches who had great suggestions for me. But I would honestly say, I guess once I started moving up the podium or like the podium, I guess not the podium, but like when you just move up running with older girls mm-hmm. or when they're telling you, oh, go, go run with the guys. And then in my head, I'm kind of just like, why do I need to do that if nobody else is doing that? So I think that was kind of like my first little inkling of like, okay, I may be better than this. And like, I kind of think because people would be asking me like, oh, how'd you get so good? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just was just doing what I was told. So yeah, it's like, then you get to that age where you just like, don't want to listen to your coaches. So it's it's just funny. (laughs) Yeah. From you talking there, it seems like you genuinely enjoyed the sport and had fun with it in high school. I think in today's culture, it can be really easy to put a lot of pressure on like young prodigies who are really, really fast in high school. And then that kind of soaks away all the fun from it. So from your perspective, Mm -hmm. how important was it to you to keep the sport light and fun? And even looking back on it and maybe giving advice to our listeners in your present day, in your present career, where you're still trying to accomplish big goals, but why is it important for you to still enjoy the sport and make it a fun thing and not have it too serious every single day? Yeah, I would just say just to enjoy each phase of running that you're in because, you know, one thing is when you go up to that next level, you can never go back. So, like, you know, initially when you get into running, like, make great friends, like, have good habits and really just enjoy the process of, like, you know, having a one-lap warm-up, but then you get to middle school and it's, like, half a mile, or then you get to high school and it's, like, two miles or something, and then you get to college and it's something different. Like, even now, it was even a transition just, like, with how I look at training and then how I adjust. But it's so easy just to get caught up on a bunch of other things. But when you just boil it down to something so simple as like, hey, I really enjoy just the aspect of putting on my shoes and socializing with my friends. Like, it's kind of crazy that this is my job that I can just, hey, we're gonna meet up for a run and you know we can talk about life and then also be serious and run. It's just, it's really fun just to enjoy each phase of track and to never rush it. Like. One thing is like never to look forward to something or wanting to go to the next phase of something and then not enjoying the current phase that you're in. So like when you're in high school, oh, I can't wait to get to college. And your college like, oh, I miss high school. Like you just got to make sure you're soaking up every moment of everything. And then I feel like then you f- you're fulfilled and then you don't feel like you miss out on anything. So, right. yeah, just don't rush it. Take your time. Track's going to be here. 
Have fun. Right. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes that's kind of in relation to what you were just talking about is be where your feet are. Like be in the present moment. That's all you got to worry about. Yeah. Like soak up every present moment. Um, so that's really awesome to hear you speak on. So for those who don't know, you ran 202, If I'm and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, you ran 202 and 800 in high school, which blew me away. Like I was doing research for this. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I know, I know high school guys that run 202 and like they, they are the thing at their high school. Like they, they are fast. Yeah. They ran 202. I'm like, geez, she would cook some kids I know. And then um, you also represented Team USA, uh, not only represented them, but won a silver medal for them at the IAAF World U-20 Championships. And then, of course, you won a bunch of state titles along the way. So what was it like? What were those high school years like? What were those accomplishments like? Uh, what did they mean to you? And also, how cool is it to think that you left a legacy within your home state of Texas, which means so much to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so special. I feel like through each phase of like my running, I've had such quality coaches that would help, you know, ground me. Like I was, I wouldn't say I was pretty lost, but like, you know, I didn't know what I could do at that level. And I feel like I had great coaches who helped plan out my career and then whatever I decided to attack and, and, you know, strive for, I was able to accomplish. So it was really fun just to, you know, let go of the control like I was never like oh coach I need to do this like I just let her handle it she knew me I knew her and we were on the same page and I feel like in especially in high school like it's so crucial to be on the same page with your coach I mean honestly at any level but like in high school because it helps form what relationship you will make like in college but I feel like she just she helped me so much and helped me grow and then this obviously led me to Baylor, but yeah, I mean, I still find it crazy when I look at my um, high school resume, thinking that I won the four eight in the mile. I was like, what was I thinking that year I was trying to win the mile? But yeah, it's insane. <laughs> so can you take us through that specific day where you, I mean, I've heard of crazy combos. I've heard of the, the two mile, the mile and the 800, but I've never heard of the four eight mm-hmm. in mile. So what was that like? I mean, take mm-hmm. us through that day and also like your mental preparation trying to win each individual event like in and stay in the present moment but also I'm sure like when you're running one of those events you're like well I still got two more to do oh my goodness yeah so I think when so my freshman year I made it in the eight in the mile but I got silver in the eight and then like ninth in the four and so then my sophomore year that's when my coach introduced me to the mile and I was like oh okay like you know anytime I would run it like just wasn't the best relationship but once I got to Texas relays I ran a really fast mile I ran 450 and ended up winning and I had no clue what I did and my coach was like yeah you're not running the 400 you're running the mile and I was like I was like what and you know I at that time I would be tripling at meets so I would run the 800 and then the mile and then have to come back and do the 4 by 4 like right after it so my sophomore season was a little difficult but yeah, at state when I won the eight in the mile, I won the eight. I was super happy. It was like on cloud nine. And in the back of my head, I was like, I don't want to run this mile. because <laughs> I was like, there's no way I can win this. Like these girls are running so fast. I was like, can we just not run it? Like I vividly remember thinking like, I'm going to go up to her and say that I'm not going to show up. <laughs> I'm just going to scratch. But I was just like, just wasn't that confident in it. But, you know, the gun went off and then. Once I came into the last lap, I followed myself. I found myself like around the other girls, and I was like, "Wait, 
this is just now like a kicking race. I was like, I know I can outkick all these girls. Like I run faster 400 than them. So it was just like once, once I got to like the last lap of the mile, I was fine. But getting up to there, not so much. But yeah, I still find it bizarre that I came home with that. But it's definitely very memorable and really nice to have like on my resume and just a nice confidence booster even now just to think like, Aaliyah, like one day you can like dipple back down back up there not back down but yeah <laughs> yeah for sure we'll get into all of that in a minute i do want to briefly touch on your years at baylor as they were so formative for you can you talk about mm-hmm. those years at baylor how formative they were for you and also like any lessons you learned from your coaches from your teammates and just being in a competitive d1 atmosphere oh, baylor i feel like the first time it was on my radar was actually freshman year of high school and I just remember how like big that program and university looked to me but once I got there just like any eager freshman like I was just so ready and eager to you know go out there and put on the uniform and you know run out there for my team and then I was quickly humbled um in late January early early February of my freshman year with a stress fracture that we didn't know was a stress fracture we thought I just hurt something and so then I ran um, then we went through some training on the Alter G and we're like, should we run? Should we not run? This is also the best team, women's team that we had. And we had a shot to win a conference title and Baylor's never won one. So we kind of just said the heck with it and made up a plan. And I ran the 1K on like my horrible foot. And later after that, we, oh, we ended up winning the conference championship, which was great. But after each race, I was like in agonizing pain. And I was like, there's something seriously wrong. And that's when I realized that I had a stress fracture in my navicular. So it kind of just very much humbled me and made me have to rethink about my approach to running and making sure I'm taking quality breaks, you know, not trying to rush things. Um, I think initially I was just was so eager just to go out there and run. But I, I feel like I had those quality times trying to rehab my foot to really just rethink about why I came to Baylor. I realized how great the athletic trainers were in helping me and making sure I was back 100% before putting me back on the ground. And then initially just kind of gave me like another little, you know, reset mode. So then I guess once I started my career at Baylor, I feel like my eligibility was always off because I already ran it indoor, but I didn't run outdoor. So like I would always have more outdoor eligibility. And then I would say uh, fast forward to like when COVID happened, I made the decision to redshirt my indoors to only run outdoors because that was the Olympic year. So then I can come back for a fifth year and then I'll have one and one. And then that ended up being the year if I ran, then I wouldn't have indoor. And then I probably wouldn't have been able to stay for as long as I did because I would have no eligibility. So it's also kind of like one of those like teaching moments of like, don't rush things. Cause like we already made that decision of not racing. And if I did pull the plug and race, then I would have not been the situation I was in today, but I feel like um, Baylor definitely taught me to just control what I can control, not worry about everything else, and then just really be, like I said, like present in the moment. Like I can't change like my foot being broken or I can't change like the decision of like, or obviously what happened with COVID, but it's kind of just like deal with the cards that you're dealt and trying to make the best out of that situation. And that's why I feel like my career at Baylor was, cause it's just like, a I feel like I never really had a solid season until the year I won my title. And sometimes it's just like you get, or when you look into high school to college, you think it's going to transfer immediately. And then that experience just kind of gave me that 
experience just to sit back and just really analyze. It's just like I have four years. It ended up being six for me. But it's like you have all this time to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And there's no reason why I need to think that I have to do it, you know, freshly being 18 years old. You know what I mean? Like there's other people that are way older and you just have time. Like there's no rush. Like surround yourself with good people and you'll get stronger and faster. So, yeah, I mean, so many lessons I've learned at Baylor, but definitely being patient and waiting on my time or just like being ready for when the time comes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Transferring those lessons over to present day, how important, and I'm sure it's hard to do when you want things immediately, but how important Mm -hmm. has it been for you in this first year as a professional runner to be patient, learn new things and act with that long-term mindset um, so that you maximize your potential down the road and don't maybe rush things too quickly and get an injury or whatnot. Yeah, I feel like this is the most change I've ever had to experience, but, you know, change is good and I've been ready for it, but I feel like it's just right now, it's just time for me to just learn as best as I can and try to adjust and just really just like talk to my teammates and ask like, what would you do or like, what advice could you give me? And they've been like so helpful with that. But just like, I know like being a rookie, like you only have one shot to be a rookie. and that's right now. So like, I feel like I can learn so much and make mistakes, learn from them and keep growing. But, you know, it's nice to be in a new phase of running now and just see where I can match up with with these new, like, pro leagues. (laughs) Right, totally. So you mentioned this a minute ago, but you won the 2021 NCAA indoor title uh, in the 800 meters in a meet record time of two flat point six nine. So what was that? How meaningful was that race to you winning an NCAA title, uh, contributing to your school Baylor and just the feeling? What was the feeling of crossing the finish line, knowing that you had accomplished something that like every kid going into the NCAA dreams of, but very few actually carry through on that? Yeah, so I don't know if many people have ever picked up on it, but that was my first like NCAA individual final. And so I feel like just qualifying there was a huge milestone in itself. But I knew once I made it there, I was like, I didn't come all the way up here or train this hard for not being a champion. And it kind of just like reset my focus of like, okay, you can do this. Um, just really had a lot of great talks with my coach and then just really just talked to my parents and we knew what the game plan was and game plan was to, you know, try to run it hard from the front, not as hard as I took it out, but you know, we, we got to go with it sometimes, but it was, it was just so special because I feel like also with COVID happening and that whole reset, it's like when that time happened, everything reset for me because then all I had to worry about was just running. So I feel like it was the first time I had really no distractions, just trying to get my runs in and, you know, trying to socially distance as possible. It was so hard to do that in college. I mean, the amount of tests we had to take, but I just, I knew the hard work and the sacrifices that I made to, to get there. And I feel like I was ready and I just took advantage of the opportunity. It's not every day that you get to, know run for an NCAA title and that happened to be the day so I just didn't want to live with any regrets and just wanted to make sure that when I go out there and race I'm racing true to myself and yeah I just found it so funny I tell people all the time like I was stressed about the race the entire day and then two minutes later the race is over like I literally (laughs) crossed the finish line I was like that really just happened like it's done 
but also what I don't like if people were there they would know but it was so quiet in the stadium so it was like so weird to run a race because I ran like like by myself and it was so quiet because there wasn't any people there so I feel like everybody else's reactions were like so much better than mine because it just kind of just felt like so surreal it just didn't feel like i mean i knew the caliber like that it was a national championship meet but there was nobody there just another day of practice yeah it was just so trippy but yeah i mean it's definitely very memorable and really special to do especially racing big when you know the big races come right absolutely so i'm curious if I'm not mistaken, you took that race out in like 56, 57. And I remember watching it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness. And I didn't know you super well at that point. I'm like, oh my goodness, this girl is, <laughs> this girl's going after it. I admire the confidence. And yeah. even like, um, I've seen some pretty bad fails over the years where people go out really fast and die hard. And I always mm-hmm. respect those people. Like even the people that finished yeah. last, but had the guts to go out in the front and at least like yeah. go for a title. I always respect that. Um, you obviously ended up winning it. So it made it all the more special and, and it paid off at the end of the day. <laughs> but I'm curious, where do you get that confidence to race like that? Because I think a lot of people are scared to put themselves on the line and, and scared to take the lead and fearful that people are going to catch them from behind. So for you, where do you get that confidence to go out so fast and then just hang on for your life yeah i really think that just came from my training i mean the longer i was at baylor the smaller my training group got so the more i had to rely on myself or like one of my older um trading partners who used to be at baylor alicia williams so i used to like pair up with her a lot but you know a lot of the times i was doing a bunch of workouts by myself so the whole like relying on somebody else to take the race or um take the pace or just like it just never really kind of processed for me so I feel like I if I had the confidence that I did at practice it kind of helps bring that confidence into racing because then I was like oh I know I can do like so-and-so workout or I know I can lead this and then not die I kind of just kept that mindset into training but that's basically what you need to do when you're running anyways because you can't really base what you're doing on somebody else you have to be able to trust yourself and I trusted my my training. I trusted my coach, and he told me I was ready. So there was no reason to, you know, s- doubt him. And yeah, I can even call him today, and he'll always remember. Like before the race was, I was like, "Are you sure I can do this?" And he was like, "Aaliyah, don't ask me that question again." <laughs> it's kind of like don't don't keep trying to overanalyze it. Like you know, you're ready. Like you're fit. So yeah, it was just one of those things where just just translate what you do from practice into racing, and you know, it'll show. <laughs> So let's talk about signing with On and Team Boss. Maybe go through each of those individually. Start out with On and then Team Boss. Why On? Why Team Boss? And how meaningful is it to you to make a career out of what you love most, which is running? Yeah, well, I guess On came on my radar a day or two after I raced at the USATF um, trials in the 800. And I met with Kevin Quadrozzi and he was telling me about the brand. This was actually the day that Sidious Mag like posted about Jared, Mario, Hannah, and Courtney, like all four of them signing. And I was like, I literally woke up and just saw on and these four people <laughs> on my phone. And then I just met with an on rep. It just, it was just so crazy. And I was just like seeing how much the brand was really um, growing in investing in athletes. I feel like that was something that was really cool. And I've always seen the stuff that they did with OAC, but seeing that they were taking stuff on an individual route was also really special and really cool. And I just feel like they're growing, I'm growing. I'd love to be 
you know, a part of a growing brand. I've went to New York for the marathon and was able to watch Helen O'Beary run and then some of my team boss teammates too. So it was really cool just to, you know, slowly learn more about the brand and see what they're doing. And we even ended up having like a on summit in Boulder. So that was perfect for me because I was just right there, but just meeting more of the OAC people and they had people flying all across the world just to come talk to us to get our input on the shoes and the gear and I just kind of felt bad because I just joined so I didn't really have anything <laughs> to say they're like what do you feel about the uniform what about the shoes and I'm just like yeah it's great you know what I mean like I haven't obviously worn the race kit yet but they just they care so much about the athletes which is so special I feel like I've been very blessed in that way and each you know phase of my running that I've just been cared for and I really wanted to make sure wherever I was going both brand and um, training group wise that I'd be cared for and, you know, not being take not being taken advantage of or, you know, just making sure that they see me not only as an athlete, but as a person, you know, people say that all the time, but it does make a huge difference. So on very special and, you know, they're growing and I, I love seeing my friends just now, like seeing the brand, they're like, Oh, this is on. I'm like, yes, this is on. Like you want a pair of shoes? <laughs> so it's just really, it's really sweet. And it's really nice to be part of such a nice brand. Awesome. And group. Yeah. So talk about team boss, why team boss? Um, I'm very curious to hear about it specifically because of, I mean, this just is a testament to Joe as a coach and how incredible he is, mm -hmm. but you have Emma absolutely crushing it in the marathon. And then you have a girl who yeah. won a 400 meter title in high school signing on with the crew. So why, why, mm -hmm. uh, why team boss? And yeah, just talk about the transition as well and, and how, um, meaningful the past few months of training with the girls have been. Yeah. You know, I, I had a talk and. I had a talk with Kevin and he was really saying like, I really feel like this will be like a really good, you know, jump for you. And the more I thought about it, I feel like not that something was missing from my training, but it would be nice to just do something totally different for a change. You know, I've never been at altitude. I never definitely trained at altitude, but it would just be a, a nice change just to run with literally world-class athletes every single day. And, you know, see the benefits of what running high can do and then what running hard and strong. I feel like I've been really starting to, or not starting to, but just trying to work on my endurance and, you know, making sure my fitness is there and especially for like all these races. But yeah, when the, when the opportunity came about, I was like so shocked and I was like terrified. I was like, are you <laughs> kidding? I was like, I'm going to run with those girls. Uh, I just find it so I find it so crazy that like now like these girls are my friends and they're like asking how I'm doing and want to know and we have like group chats and just like this is so fun and it's also like so nice just seeing how down to earth they are like they're not just what they do on the track that they can turn it on or on the roads for Emma's case um, but they're not just some people that are just like so stuck on running hard and being so crazy about fitness and running like I've never been that way I'm very good at turning it on and then like turning it off and then just relaxing and doing whatever. So I def it's definitely been nice to see that they're also living that sort of lifestyle, just you know, having that healthy balance and then just learning from them in the workouts, holding on for dear life, as I'd like <laughs> to say. It's always so fun when like long runs come along. So I'm just like looking for their ponytails to make sure I know where I'm supposed to go because <laughs> they're so far ahead of me. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, I'm curious. Let's talk about the training how has the training shifted for you personally? What does like, what did your classic, so this podcast, I'm sure you could assume this, but I've generally talked to, you know, 
I, I've talked to very few people on the sprints or different events and not that you're mm-hmm. a sprinting event, but Baylor, I know, is like a very sprint-heavy program. And if I'm not mistaken, yeah. a lot of your work was more geared towards speed, whereas Team Boss is a lot more strength. So can you talk about the differences in training, how your body's handled it, responded, and overall your thoughts on, on your training and how it's shifted over the years? Yeah, so I feel like some of the workouts that Joe's given me hasn't been like too, I guess, foreign. I would feel like some of the workouts were similar, just now trying to transition to do that at a higher altitude. So I feel like he did give me like a nice build of like getting used to running up there and then pushing it like some. But, you know, we only got onto the track like maybe a month or two ago. But I would feel like he's like definitely, yeah, made like he's allowed me to grow into the training a lot. So I don't feel like he's given me anything that I can't handle. I know the longer I'll be here, then, you know, he'll give me some bigger workouts, but I feel like it's just a good introduction and nice phase just to set up what I could potentially do in the future. But yeah, I mean, I feel like it only helps, you know, mentally and physically just accomplishing some of these workouts. So it's definitely the, the push that I'm looking for and will need. Absolutely. So, um, kind of diving deeper into your training again i haven't had too many like 800 people on the podcast what does Mm -hmm. your general training look like uh like from a like maybe break it down in a week what does that week of training look like and also uh, this just goes to show you that so many different paths work like i see kids debate all the time about like oh this form of training is better than this form it's like you look at like the top three people in the world and sure a lot of them are doing the same thing but so many people get to where they are on different paths so what does like a normal week of training look like for you yeah I feel like probably two workouts um we'll have like a workout two run days a workout maybe like one run day or like hills in a long run so I feel like we're able to hit a lot in a week we're able to like run hard and also recover in like a good amount of period of time so I don't feel like I'm feeling like my last workout in, you know, three days time because I feel like I got all the gunk out. So I feel like he has a nice system. It's definitely way different. Like we don't do like something specific on like Sundays or long run days. Like that's something that, you know, being in college is like you have that rigid system of things you're doing. So I feel like having the flow of just, you know, changing whatever the week happens. Like I love it. I feel like it's so fun. I don't have to like be dreading one specific day so it's 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 really nice just to you know just be in the moment and just you know let joe figure that out and i'm just like cool (laughs) there you go i'm i'm very curious um this is probably so hard to tell and so hard to answer so you don't have to if you don't want to but like do you want to be like a 800 mile person? Do you want to move up to the, I guess it's the 1500 in the pro ranks, but like mm-hmm. the 815, are we going to see you in any fours in the future or have you kind of left that behind? You know, I have not discussed any like outdoor scheduling at all, but I mean, I'm not going to shut either of those down. I feel like both would help, you know, my half mile. So yeah, I'm not going to shut either of them down. And what makes the 800 a special event to you? Like, what is most special about it? You know, the 800 is hard. I mean, anytime I tell somebody I run the 800, it's never like, oh, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, like, (laughs) why did you pick that? I'm kind of just like, sometimes you don't pick what you're good at. But it's kind of just like one of those things where, you know, the 800 is so unforgiving. 
spectator. It's just like once a race plan is going out or once somebody doesn't go out, like there's only so many different ways you can run it. You don't really have time to come back. So I kind of like that kind of aspect of just like never knowing what type of race can happen and just trying to think on your feet really quick because, you know, I can never hear what my coaches saying to me, you know, if I'm 200 or a lap in, it's kind of like whatever you say, it kind of does it's not going to really help me that much. That's why I kind of find it funny. Like, I guess last year when I ran the 1500, like I vaguely, or not vaguely, I really heard my coach. Like we could have a conversation. I was just like, yeah, this race is too long because the fact that I can process and hear what you're telling me, I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> I just like rather hear it just like go fast and just like hear like a bunch of nothing. <laughs> In the last few months of being a professional runner, what are the biggest differences between collegiate running, professional running, and what are your favorite parts of being a professional runner and having that extra downtime to do things? Oh my goodness, you said it. It's the extra downtime. I don't think I have ever had so much free time. It's insane, especially in my last year. I um, did an internship with Learfield, so I ended up going to grad school, had an internship, and was trying to race. And I just feel like my days are just so long, and I was just really stretched pretty thin. But now I'm able to just really like decompress, but allow myself to just focus 100% on running, and it's, it's really nice. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like bored out of my mind. Um, I think that may be something that will come up, but hopefully not. Some people say they just can't like, you know, transition that well or just can't really do nothing. But and I love it. I feel like it's great. I mean, the time goes by pretty fast anyways. Like whenever we have a workout day, it'll take like half the day and then you're spending the rest of the time trying to fuel and recover. But other than that, it's been really cool. and. I feel like especially once we start traveling, that'll also be a difference because, you know, being in college, everything's already planned for you. And now you have to do all the planning of like where you're going to stay when you're going to fly out and trying to budget. It's definitely a change, but, you know, it's really nice and or it's just really cool just to have that transition now. For sure. So one question I do want to hear your response on is when I think of mm -hmm. U.S. track and field uh, in the most stacked event, I think of the U.S. Women's Eight. I think I think it was track and field news came out with their rankings the other day for 2022, and for mm -hmm. there were four U.S. 800 meter um, woman U.S. runners in the list of the top 10. So it's like we have four in the top 10, which oh, is wow. unbelievable. So what's it like yeah. being in such an incredibly stacked event? I mean, you have a thing, you have, I'm not even gonna list, otherwise we'd be here all day. So many incredible women. <laughs> um, what's that like being in that event with them and having them push you and you also pushing them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just amazing just to witness this, but also be a part of like, you know, that class. I feel like what, we're all able to do is really changing specifically our event, but even just going up to the 15 too, like all of women's distance is really just changing and transforming, just getting to that next level. And every single year, just like, oh my goodness, how is this the standard? And then 20 people like run it and crush it. So it's like, you know, the standard's always being pushed. And I think it's really nice to be a part of it and to keep pushing yourself to try to attain it as well. So looking ahead to this new year, what are your goals for 2023, uh, both from a process standpoint and outcome standpoint, whatever way you want to take the question? Yeah, I would say for me, I just really want to make sure that I'm really in the moment and that I'm really listening to my body because, you know, this is just a whole new training regimen and system that I'm in and just making sure that I'm taking advantage of 
you know, each race that's given to me and just, you know, running honest to myself and hopefully seeing the results of my training just, you know, start to flourish a little bit. So you're in your first year as a professional runner going to the complete opposite spectrum. When you hang up the spikes, what do you want people to think of when they hear the name Aaliyah Miller? Um, I hope they think about... Yeah, I guess not so much running, but just more about like my personality that, you know, I care for others and that, you know, I'm just a genuine person. I feel like that's just something that, you know, you just want to be remembered for and just a a person that really had fun, like regardless of how hard the situation is. I always try to make sure that I have a really positive attitude and just, you know, and no matter what I'm doing in school or when I was working, but I just really love the people aspect of the sport and connecting and meeting new people so I feel like you know now I get to meet so many you know great people even like you just you know to learn from others and then to keep growing awesome appreciate the kind words uh, it's awesome meeting you as well one <laughs> final serious question for you um, so many young kids listen to this who are in high school who are in college um, older people too and they might want to be like you as well but I guess this is geared toward a younger audience what would you tell mm-hmm. the kids listening who look up to you and who appreciate the things you've done in the sport and want to be like you one day what would be your advice for those people um, I guess like what I said earlier just to really enjoy you know the moment that you're in and the phase of life that you're in you know you can never get that time back whether it's like you know with your pets or you know with your family or when you know where you're going to school like one day you're going to look back at it and be like wow like you know I've been to all these places so just to really take advantage of each phase of life that you're in live it to the fullest and enjoy it and to really just yeah I mean just not stress so much about trying to accomplish what you want to accomplish immediately like sometimes it's just not the plan for right now and you know just listen and yeah just have a great mindset about it. I love it. I love those words. Um, Aaliyah, one final fun question for you to top off the episode. The question I ask every guest mm-hmm. at the end of every show, if you had Gordon Ramsay coming over for dinner, what would you choose to make for oh, him? no. <laughs> well, I actually made panela vodka for the first time. I don't know if you ever had it. It's a nice, like, Sounds fancy. noodle dish, but... I would make him that because that was fresh on my mind and I can make it. <laughs> it was a success. Awesome. Well, Aaliyah, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. It's been so fun hearing your backstory in the sport all the way up to present day. Really appreciate you doing this and I can't wait to see all the things God has in store for you in the coming year. And I'm a big fan and looking forward to supporting <laughs> you along the way. So you're welcome back on the podcast anytime and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate your time and taking time out of your busy life to listen to the podcast. I hope it influenced you positively. And if you did enjoy the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Make sure you're following the show so you never miss another episode. Share the show with a friend or two and even share it on social media. Doing those things greatly helps us reach new people and hopefully inspires them through the process of them finding the show and listening to the podcast. Uh, I greatly appreciate your time and listening to the show. I don't take your time for granted. And I know everyone has a busy life, so I hope my podcast has brought 
brought you value today. Uh, I'm looking forward to releasing more episodes in the future. Generally, we release two episodes per week. So again, make sure you're following on your preferred podcast platform so you never miss another episode. I appreciate you greatly. You can always send me an email or a DM if you have any questions, feedback, positive or negative. I'm always here for it. So I greatly appreciate your time. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will catch you all in next week's episode.